the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KPDQ Portland, a service of Salem Media Group. Listen online at truetalk800.com. This is Difference Bakers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, the Director of Local Ministries here at True Talk 800, 104.1 The Fish, 93.1 L. Ray, the new Talk 1640, and 93.9 KPDQ. And if you listened weekdays at True Talk 800 at 4 p.m., you remember the show Revive from 2015 through 2016 with the former pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland, Terry McNabb. Terry hosted Revive, and he served as the lead pastor of Calvary Chapel Portland for 23 years before it merged with Crossroads Community Church Vancouver, and now Terry's old church building is labeled Crossroads Southwest Portland, featuring the teachings of our friend Daniel Fusco, who's on 93.9 KPDQ weeknights at 6 with his program, Jesus is Real Radio. So I find it funny, Terry McNabb, that... All of these common threads have come together as one. And Terry, congratulations for joining Poiman Ministries, spelled P-O-I-M-E-N Ministries, which is Pastors Serving Pastors, which is really your specialty when it comes down to it. So, Terry McNamp, thank you for joining us today. Mike, thank you so much for having me on. It's just been a blessing over the years to work with you and uh, to develop a friendship with you and everyone here at at KPDQ, and um, just the fruit that's come from the radio program, uh, the partnering with you, different events we have done together, and uh, I just appreciate you having me on here to talk about what's next, what the Lord is doing next with uh, my life and the church. It's always a privilege to have you in the building, Terry. So tell us, what exactly does the word Poimen mean? P-O-I-M-E-N, and don't worry, I'll make sure to Set up the links at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page so that you can find out for yourself. Poiman's an unusual word, and it's hard for people to remember, but it really just means pastor. And uh, maybe you've heard of, uh, out of Ephesians 2.10, the word poema. Maybe your pastor has, has uh, mentioned that word, we are God's workmanship. Uh, it's the word poema. Sounds like the word po- poem. We're God's... God is crafting our lives. Uh, this is a is, is you know sounds a little bit like that, but essentially, Poiman Ministries is a ministry to pastors, and um, it's something over the years that I have needed when I was a young pastor, and now that I've got some years of experience, I really felt God's calling to minister to pastors in uh, the the various needs that they have uh, might be uh, just all kinds of things, giving them a Sunday off. Uh, I met a pastor in Arizona this past summer who had had two Sundays off in five years. That's just criminal. 
that, how on earth did he survive that? That's just not going to work, you know. And God bless him for being faithful and working hard, as well as having a full time job. Um, but that's just exhausting, and that's just going to that's just going to bring burnout way too soon. Uh, not that it should ever come, but it it's just going to burn out good pastors to not have some rest or uh, a way to recharge in their ministry. And if we believe in the Bible, and the Lord himself took off one day out of every seven, how on earth can we justify not needing to take those breaks, those rests, just being able to have our Sabbath? Absolutely. It's so urgent. And, uh, you know, there's so many reasons why pastors don't get the rest. Um but now I understand that they don't, and I understand the the constant responsibility or burden they feel for their people and and their care for the church. And so often they're just getting tired because they love the church so much. They love the people. And honestly, it can feel like there's never a good time to take a break. Well, there always will be needs, and I, I yes. understand that, Terry. But in my years of being in really small churches, really big churches, and church plants and all different types, I have still found it's pretty consistent of the 80-20 church, meaning 80% of the work tends to be done by the same 20% or less of the people involved. So in your years, not simply at Calvary Chapel Portland or with the Calvary chapel churches. Have you seen that to be fairly accurate? Does that vary from church to church or denomination to denomination? It's interesting when you go from different denominations or different churches that often groups feel like they're going to improve on the formula or the model, but really people are people. And wherever you have a, a pastor who is called and loves the Lord and loves the people— you have people who are willing to step up and serve because they want to be a part of what God is doing. And I think uh, just that is a good rule. There's always a small group of people doing all the work. And we we need those volunteers. And, uh, you know, when when our church was a small church and I was a new pastor, I, I had all these idealistic ideas, you know. I, I probably, it's like, knowing how to parent when you don't have any kids. When I was a brand new pastor at age 35, and I'll turn 59 next month, you know, I knew how to do it perfectly, you know. And I thought, okay, whatever we're doing now, we'll fix it when we get this size or when we get this budget. And I've really learned that that people are people, and whether it's a big church or a small church— and I was at Calvary Costa Mesa when it was 25,000. I was at my church when it was 25 people. And the needs are the same. Uh, there's just more of them with bigger churches. It's just like having a small house or a big house. You get a big house, that's great, but you just have more rooms to clean. And there's just more needs. Terry McNabb is now with Poyman Ministries, pastors serving pastors, and he was the former host of Revive Weekdays at 4 on True Talk 800. So, Terry, when we speak about the church, we talk about brothers and sisters in Christ trying to make a difference in the community while we learn more about our Lord. 
We're not talking about any particular denomination right. or movement or building. Right. However, in your years, do you believe that there is an ultimate target size for a church? You mentioned Calvary Chapel, Portland at one point having 25 people, and yet being down in Costa Mesa with a church of 25,000 people. Now, I've got some fairly obvious opinions on that maybe being a little bit too large, but in your experience, Terry McNabb, is there a target or a range that might be a more ideal size for a church when it comes to relationships of significance locally and being able to build each other up? Well, you know, I think— it's interesting about church sizes and, and the size of a church that is really effective. My opinion is the Lord's in charge of the size of the church and that we're there to serve. And the Lord adds to the church those who are being saved. It's the end of Acts chapter 2. And, of course, we want to reach more people and add, and increase the church uh, because we want to reach more people. And we believe in our ministries. and. And absolutely, with the size of staff, you can only minister to so many people. If you have one pastor or two pastors, and those numbers are pretty, pretty, uh, you know, not very spiritual. It's just really practical numbers and ratios. But as far as thinking, well, we're going to have a church of 150 or 300 because we think that is the most optimal size. I don't think we're really in charge. And we can all see, I could really see the upside and the downside side of a small church and a big church. There's just positive and negatives of all of it. And I think the main thing is what is the Lord doing? You know, uh, you know just to look at Costa Mesa, Chuck Chuck thought if he only had a church of 300 people, when he had a church of 25 people, he thought, that's big enough. Well, the Lord had other ideas, and it became the Jesus movement, and not to really remember that today, but that was nobody's idea or strategy. The Lord did that. And and so, really, the Lord kind of, when it's a work of God, he kind of determines the size. And I think we we need to see what the lord is doing and make sure that we are attending to those people i think the biggest thing is not to make it about our programs but about the lord's people and i think that's one of the biggest uh pitfalls that we pastors fall into and i would say uh you know there's no avoiding the occupational tendencies which is what the comparison game yeah well the comparison game is one thing um, but we spend so much time planning and running the church that it's easy to start making church about church when it's really not. Church is about the Lord and about the Lord's people. And all of the activities are to serve the Lord and his people. But it's really easy because we're always needing to look at the church calendar. We're always thinking of the next service. Are we ready? Do we have all the elements? When's the next baptism? We have so much planning to do, and then we want to, you know, we want to see people come. We want to see it work. We want to see it be effective. That if maybe if we didn't get enough people, our expectation wasn't met, boy, we spend a lot of time just feeling like the program didn't work. And we just fall into that tendency of then 
trying to talk to the people. Come on, this you need to invite your people. And we start we start pushing church instead of Jesus. And and I think at times I would have been critical of that, but I see how easy it is to fall into that. Just because we're human and we're trying to figure out how can this be more effective? How can this be more fruitful? And it's just it's just a constant challenge to keep our eyes on the Lord. It's the Lord's church. The Lord adds to the church. The Lord calls the leaders to the church. And really, when the church grows, it's really a result of something the Lord has done. And we can look at our ideas that we've implemented. But remember that the Lord called us. The Lord equipped us. Equipped us. He put those ideas in our heart to even implement. And looking back, whenever there's been churches that grow, it's really, it's really just impossible to try and analyze that and to see how you did that, because the Lord did it. And you could implement the same ideas in another location, and it won't work. So optimal size is whatever the Lord wants. Our part is just to, to be in line with what the Lord is doing and serve the people that are coming, whether it's 20 or, or 2,000. Great words of wisdom from Terry McNabb, passed on to him from Pastor Chuck Smith. Terry is now with Poyman Ministries, pastors serving pastors, and you can contact him at 503-706-3195. That's 503-706-3195. Or email him at terrymcnabb at calvarychapel.com. That's terrymcnabb at calvarychapel.com. More with Terry next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with our pal Terry McNabb, who used to host Revive at 4 p.m. weekdays on True Talk 800. And now, Terry is a pastor serving pastors through Poiman Ministries, which is spelled P-O-I-M-E-N. Terry's personal specialties are pastoral counseling, encouragement and perspective, and leadership duties. And you can find out more about Poiman Ministries at their website. PoymanMinistries.com. That's PoymanMinistries.com. So, Terry, speaking of churches, when you go to speak at them, what is effective in being able to build up these pastors? What I'm excited to do when I go is to share what the Lord has given me over my 23 years of ministry. Uh, I remember when I was five years in to being a pastor, and I felt like it just hit the wall. I had tried my great ideas, and they weren't working. And I had reached out to a couple of older pastors that I thought could give me counsel. And they didn't have answers. They had some help, but I was just desperate, you know, seeking the Lord. Lord, what do I do? And of course, when we're in that place, His Word is the answer. And the Lord really directed me to 1 Timothy this little letter from Paul to a young pastor who was in his 30s, and I was in my 30s, when the Lord just kind of showed me uh, just how amazingly practical this little letter is. Uh, the, the theme of it is 1 Timothy 3.15, where Paul says, uh, These things I write to you so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of the living God, the pillar and ground of the church. Now, when we read 1 Timothy, you can read through there the basic content of the letter. 
Paul says, I want you to teach the word, Timothy. Timothy, I want you to get the church praying. That's chapter 2. Timothy, I want you to choose some elders and deacons, chapter 3. Chapter 4, Timothy, I want you to, to make sure you're attending to your spiritual growth. And it just goes through seven things of 1 Timothy. Now, we all know this little letter, but what amazed me about this that I had never thought of before is why did a pastor have to be reminded to teach the Word? Why did he have to be reminded to get the people of the church praying? Why did he have to be reminded to choose some leadership, some elders? Chapter 4 is the, the craziest one because he tells him to exercise himself toward godliness. And my kind of sub-theme for First Timothy was the things Timothy forgot. And you would have thought, well, I would have thought when I was a young pastor, well, if a pastor has ever forgets these things, he's probably backslidden. And it's easy to be critical of a pastor who is struggling. And now I understand that Timothy was just discouraged. And when discouragement comes in the life of a Christian, what happens automatically is we question and forget things we never questioned before. Basic things like, does God love me? Am I really a Christian? Am I really saved? Do Christians struggle like this? Do people like me at church? Things that I never would have thought of, but when I'm going through a desperate time of trials, I just wonder, God, are you there? And pastors, <laughs> pastors are people too, and their wives and pastors' wives feel the weight of the responsibility along with their husbands. And so I began to see First Timothy in a different way. And First Timothy became a checklist for me of seven things that maybe I forget in difficult times. And I share that seven-item uh, checklist with the, pa- with the churches when I go out and I preach. Now, and, and often— Many of the churches that I visit are small churches in small towns, which is great. You know, Oregon, Washington, within Calvary Chapel, we have over 100 churches within the two states, fifty and over 50 in each state. And there's many other great churches, Baptist churches, Assemblies of God, Methodist. And you think, and it's easy for the little church of 30, 40, 50, 60 people to feel like they're just going through the routine. And one of the things I'm excited to do is to remind them of some perspective, that they are God's church in this city. Just last Sunday, I was in Northern California on the coast in a city called Fortuna. I grew up in California, had never heard of Fortuna, a little town of 10,000 people, But Calvary Chapel, Fortuna, 150 people, a great congregation. But it's it's easy to feel like you're out of the way, you're isolated. What's God really doing in our city or in our little church? 150 is not a little church. But it's easy to just feel like you're not measuring up. That's just a pitfall of the ministry, frankly, and even the Christian life which it's all of grace or nothing. 
you know, we're, we're not living up or earning up to anything because it's all of God's grace. But it's just, I am just delighted to remind the people, you are God's people in this city. And to be excited about that again. And not just to be in a routine. And frankly, I believe that's how Timothy felt. When you think of it, he was away from his home, his mother and grandmother. He is away from Paul, his spiritual father. He is a timid personality. He's facing maybe strong-willed people, pretty typical of ministry today. And yet, Paul expected to get back there and was delayed. And so Paul's writing this his letter to Timothy to help him. And words that we have all comforted ourselves with out of Paul's letters. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'll, I'll remind the churches, do you know that Paul wrote that to a pastor? Stir up the gift of God that was given to you through the laying on of hands. Paul said that to a pastor. And we think, wow, that's amazing. And it's when a pastor becomes fearful or discouraged or tired, what happens is he isolates. He, he doubts his judgment. He doubts God's calling. He just starts to doubt a lot of things. And just to be reminded that God has called us, God is faithful. And for me, maybe I'm talking to a pastor right now. Read First Timothy and put yourself in Timothy's place. I say First Timothy is really called First Terry because it's, it's written to me. <laughs> and Paul wrote that to me to remind me of the things that I have forgotten. They're very quickly. Be faithful to teach the word. Nothing else will bring the results that we are looking for in people's lives. And that is to love God with all our heart. Secondly, at the end of chapter one, be faithful to fulfill your calling not to imitate somebody else's calling. Paul tells Timothy to fight the fight. Be faithful to fight the good fight. Well, I need to remember what the Lord called me to do and not feel bad that I'm not as equipped or as good at something as another pastor in our city. Be faithful to what I'm called to do. Third is chapter two, get the people praying. First of all, he says, means that means of highest priority. Fourth, is chapter three. Train up some other leaders. Now, that's kind of a chapter that the average Christian might skip over. Why do I want to read the qualifications for elders and deacons? Well, read it through Timothy's eyes. It tells me, number one, that Timothy might have been working alone, and that is a sign of a discouraged pastor. And so Paul is telling, saying, Timothy, you need some help. And maybe Timothy's not sure who to ask because he's gotten burned a few times. So here is what Paul is saying. Here's what you look for in a mature leader who can help you. It also tells me that we need to be reminding the church, the people in our churches, to aspire to Christian leadership because we pastors need them. We need them so desperately. Well, that's four. The fifth reminder is all of chapter 5, where Paul says to Timothy, um, bodily exercise profits a little, but exercise yourself toward godliness. And again, Paul is telling Timothy, 
Don't be so worried about everybody else and neglecting your own personal spiritual growth. And pastors do that. And you think, but he's studying the word. He's preparing messages. The best comparison I can come up with for the responsibility and the labor of a pastor is that of a young mother with little kids at home. She's doing everything for those little kids and often not taking care of herself. So a pastor needs to attend to his own personal growth. The sixth reminder is chapter 5, and that's the chapter where he says, treat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, older men as fathers, uh, younger men. And you think, okay, what is Paul telling Timothy? Well, that's all about relationships in the church. That chapter, how to relate to people, how to relate to widows, how to relate to elders in the church. My takeaway from that is Paul is telling Timothy, make sure that you're treating the people in the church like your family. Treat them like your mother, your sisters. They're not the people in the church. They're your family. And often we pastors struggle to figure out, well, what's, what is the role of the church? What's the model of the church? And we're not a political entity. We're, we're not so many things that we try and make our churches. We're just the family of God. We're the family of God. And the seventh reminder is chapter 6, where Paul tells Timothy at the end of the chapter is to guard what has been committed to his trust. In other words, protect it. And when you see a church, no matter if it's 20 people or 20,000, where those people love the Lord, then the Lord is working in that church. They love the Lord and they love each other. That didn't happen because of your programs, Pastor. That happened because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And our job is to protect it, guard it, protect from outside elements coming in or division or distraction. And we're the family. I've got to keep my kids and from division and fighting. And now my seven grandkids, I want them to get along. You know, if I want a healthy family, I've got to protect it, guard it, cultivate an environment that is conducive for fellowship, for focusing on the Lord, for worship, for outreach, for for growing in maturity and in ministry. And for me, over the years, really about the last 18 to 20 years, when I kind of feel like I'm I'm struggling to get focused, I go to 1 Timothy and go to my, my checklist. And it's that big picture reminder of why we're here. Terry McNabb is with Poyman Ministries, pastors serving pastors, with more information on their website, poymanministries.com. Poyman is spelled P-O-I-M-E-N. That's poymanministries.com. More with Terry McNabb next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with my dear friend Terry McNabb, a familiar voice, not only from the church formerly known as Calvary Chapel Portland, but also from Revive Heard Weekdays at 4 right here on True Talk 800. So, Terry, in this new chapter of your life working with Poyman Ministries, tell me how your experience lays into what Poyman is trying to do by helping pastors serve pastors, particularly coming out of the Calvary Chapel Church. 
Is there a bit of an innate cowboy mentality where you are an island unto yourself versus, say, other denominations or fellowships that might have more of a deliberate connection? Absolutely. And of course, I've been a part of Calvary Chapel since the mid-70s. When I was a teenager, I became a pastor 23 years ago. And um, each group or denomination has its particulars in their culture and the way things operate. Um, Within Calvary, Chuck Smith wanted, because he came out of a denomination that didn't allow for the individual pastor to follow the leading of the Lord. There was such a corporate uh, program mentality culture that he really wanted to say, "I, I just want to follow what the Lord is doing. And that's what set up for for Chuck's ministry and with the Jesus movement that that fierce independence as you said that cowboy culture and that was that was a good thing that came out of the Jesus movement and Chuck wanted every pastor within Calvary to, that planted a church to be independent and free to follow what the Lord told them to do there were no corporate instructions handed down from headquarters and that was the good thing now, the downside of that is is that each pastor can be a little so independent that he he lacks some support where support we've needed support and it's it's it, there is so much of a confidence that where God guides God provides that if you are God's man and you are doing God's work that God's going to work it out. Now, that's that's absolutely true, and we all believe that. But there are times when we need help along the way. We need need a support system. And so that's just kind of uh, what some of us have felt we wanted to help with, is that support system. Because now we have uh, a generation of Calvary pastors who are in their 50s and 60s and maybe getting a little tired, you know. And then we have the, the next generation of pastors in their 20s and 30s and God's raising them up. They're excited, but they know that they need a support system. And they're really welcoming of us older pastors to be available to them. And I love that. And I, because I needed that support system, you know, I knew the things where I was strong. I knew the areas where I was weak, and I needed help in those weak areas. And I thought, you know, after 23 years, I could have kept pastoring Calvary Chapel, Portland. I just could have kept going. The church was healthy. Uh, We all have ups and downs. There's a lot of good things going on. But I felt like the Lord was calling me to be a support to other pastors. And in my next 20 years or longer, what could I do to help other pastors, whether it's Calvary pastors or pastors in other churches? I think we're pretty much all the same. You know, we don't want to think, well, our group's got it right, or that group's really got it wrong. You know, we're all just trying to serve the Lord, and we need support and fellowship. And I just felt like, Lord, how could I do that? Now, within Calvary, I'll just talk about our culture. We tend to not change churches, like other other denominations might be changing from church to church more. And it's just within our group that we don't, you know. And so for me to step down as the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland, 
uh, at my age is typically not done. Because is that we, because you're so much younger than the norm when it comes to stepping down? Yes, because at 59 or I'm 58, you know, now when I've stepped down, that that's I'm not I'm not retiring. So people thought I was retiring. I'm not retiring. And um, I would typically, we would typically stay in the pastorate longer. So I'm kind of breaking the mold within Calvary. And then I thought, well, Lord, but what about the church? I love these people. And this church has more work to do. And I was just praying, Lord, what about the church? And Lord, how can this church be more effective at reaching Portland? Which, which every church prays that prayer. Lord, how can we reach Portland? And it can feel like a gulf between us and the city. And that's when I was having lunch with uh, my friend Daniel Fusco at uh, Crossroads. And we, are, we were really like-minded in this. And he's a bit of a, a, a rebel, a radical, willing to try different things. And we just both were on the same page. How do we reach more people? Now, they had been praying about having a campus in Portland because since he's become the pastor there and and stepping in for Bill Ritchie at Crossroads, uh, their church is just exploding in Vancouver. And so they felt the Lord would have them establish a campus in Portland. And then at the same time, we are praying about how to reach more people beyond our resources, really, of our number of workers, of our budget, and all those kinds of things that feel like are, are, you know, never enough. There's never enough money for whatever ideas you have. And we just, we just had this idea, what if we join churches, that the combined resources of the two churches, how could we be more effective at reaching Portland? Now, what that means is within Calvary, we're really, again, breaking the mold to be merging churches for me, to be stepping down at 58. But our heart's desire is not to play it safe. It's to reach the lost. And that's scary for me because I want to I do what the Lord wants me to do, but I don't want to step out of the boat. I want to be where it's on. I'm on solid ground. And so I don't want to upset the people at church for a merge. Um, I essentially gave up my income as well from the church. And that was a step of faith. And I thought, Lord, what, how will you provide for me? And so it was really just a, a radical step of faith. And uh, my wife and I prayed about me getting my real estate license, and I did that. And uh, I'm a real estate agent with Remax Equity Group and uh, in Beaverton over on Shoals Ferry. And that's just a shout out to my uh, my partners over there. But also a shout out to pastors to say, you know, don't be afraid to take a risk. Don't be afraid to do something radical. And while it is a little scary, it's also exciting. Because it's, it is essentially stirring up my gifts. It is making it all fresh again. It's making things uh, new in maybe some ways that were a little routine. Now, it's only been a few months that I've stepped down from the church, that we've done the merge at the beginning of the year, that I've been working in real estate. 
And um, in a lot of ways, you know, it, out there, I'm just helping people get houses and I'm just serving people. And I just take the same attitude. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to, and it's exciting to to break out of the the safe routine. And I think that would be a word that I would say to pastors. Not that you should step down or go get a job, and many of you are working jobs. But don't be afraid to take a risk or let the Lord um, redirect you or do something new in your life or in your ministry. And for heaven's sake, take a break if you need to. If you're just so exhausted in your ministry, then have somebody fill in. I think some of the best times for my church is when I have taken a break. Because then the other staff I have or the other elders, they step up and they take a stronger role, which is really good for the church. Because they think, well, we want to make sure Terry is resting and not worrying about the church. So we are going to take care of things. And as I mentioned, you know, I met a pastor over the summer that had had two Sundays off in five years. And that that is just not good for pastors. Two weeks a year is not really enough. It, it would take me two weeks away from the church to decompress and not be thinking about the church every day, 24 hours a day. Even if I'm sitting at home on a day off, I'm thinking about the church. And that's not rest. You know, you need a day off, but you also need other other breaks. And call another pastor if you don't have somebody to fill in the pulpit for you. Call me or whoever. You know, just reach out. There are many pastors, and I think we could do better at pastors supporting pastors around the city of Portland and Vancouver and the outlying areas, we are all the Church of God working together. So whether you're looking for a home in the Beaverton area with Remax, or you are a ministry leader in need of help, or a break, or at the very least a conversation, please call Terry McNabb at 503-706-3195. That's 503-706-3195. More with Terry McNabb of Poyman Ministries and of Remax Real Estate next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with my dear friend Terry McNabb, former senior pastor of what used to be Calvary Chapel, Portland, and it's been combined with Crossroads Vancouver, and its new name is Crossroads Southwest Portland. Terry also hosted Revive weekday afternoons at 4 right here on True Talk 800. And now, in addition to working in real estate with Remax in the Beaverton area, Terry has joined Poyman Ministries. Poyman is spelled P-O-I-M-E-N, which effectively is using Terry's specialties in pastoral counseling, encouragement and perspective, and leadership duties to help pastors serve other pastors. So, Terry, what was your first introduction to Poyman Ministries? You know, my first introduction to Poyman was calling one of the Poyman pastors to counsel me. And uh, at a time when I was struggling with the direction of of my ministry and with needs in the church, I reached out to one of them, the the pastor that that started Poyman Ministries. His name is Bill Holdridge. He is down in California, and he started Poyman after uh, pastoring his church in the Bay Area for 35 years. 
and he felt like he wanted to provide this ministry, and he was the only one. And since then, eight other pastors have joined the ranks to be of, uh, to be available. And so I would call him, and and just it was just amazing to be able to talk to an older pastor who knows where I have been and could help me just navigate, could even just let me talk and confirm if I was on the right track or if I was crazy. You know, when you struggle or you go through difficult seasons in your church, and every church has them, you have to make decisions. And sometimes you can question your judgment. And it's just great to have somebody to confirm this is a good idea. That's not a good idea. I'm praying with you. What's the Lord telling you to do? And so, you know, I I needed Poyman Ministries. And what grew out of me relying on uh, my friend Bill Holdridge was then he saw my heart to help other pastors, and he asked me to join the ministry. And for a time, I tried to pastor the church as well as help other pastors, um, but it was a little hard to do both. And so I felt the Lord calling me to step out of the church to be a part of Poyman. And so what I have seen since I have been part of it, now here's how it goes. Pastors aren't beating down my doors to say, oh, please come and help me. And that is the nature of the pastor in need. He feels that isolation, or if he's struggling, he's too embarrassed to say, I need help. And so often when I just call them or I'll go visit them and a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, just the effort to go be with them all of a sudden makes a connection, and they are so grateful. Thank you for coming to see me. Thank you for coming to be with me. And I, I can think of just lately two pastors who have had health issues, um, serious health issues. And that, along with the fatigue that comes in ministry, they felt like they were alone in it. And for me to just go be with them, meet with them for coffee, it's often no big deal. You know, it's just a peer, someone who understands what they're going through. And I think it's the simplest things that we would even say among our people in the churches. If you have a need in your church, don't be embarrassed to tell somebody else in the church, I'm really struggling, or could we get together for coffee? And make yourself vulnerable. And and I just know that by strengthening our pastors and their wives, we are affecting thousands and thousands of people. The pastor, the, the pastor affects the church. The church influences the city. And so we know when the pastor is tired— there's a ripple effect uh, upon the church, the families, and even its impact in the city. So people, encourage your pastor, give him a Sunday away or a few Sundays, even a month off. You know, he needs a longer time to get a rest and to hear from the Lord. And I think it would do so much for the church and to, to even further what the Lord wants to do in Portland by ministering to the ministers 
And that's just where the Lord has put me, and I'm excited to do it and to even make radical steps to step out of the boat and trust the Lord in the storm. But that is what I am excited to do. And Mike, I just appreciate so much you giving me the time to come on the air and share what's happening. I have always admired Terry McNabb and that which his Church of Calvary Chapel Portland has done in the immediate community. And I'm even more so excited for where God is leading Terry next. So in our final minute or so, Terry, something that you went out of your way to mention was that not only people in full-time ministry and pastors can experience burnout, but you go out of your way to mention that Poyman Ministries also goes out of its way to serve the spouses of those leaders. Absolutely. And, and of course— I know this because of my own wife. Um, You know, next month I'll be married 35 years and raise three daughters. And um, whatever I have gone through, my wife is all in. She's supportive of me, of my calling, and of course she loves the people at the church. So whatever I am excited about, she shares with. Whatever I would be tired about or struggle, she would feel like, well, she she is sharing in that. And often people don't see how it's affecting the pastor's wives, whatever the struggle is. And so they are silent. And then they're dealing with their family, their kids, or whatever challenges are going on at home. And the pastor is gone a lot. Maybe he doesn't uh, earn enough and there are financial needs at home. So one of the things that my wife does with me along as part of Poyman is just to go with me to the churches I visit and just to visit with the pastor's wife. And you can see the response in them. Thank you for coming with your husband. Thank you for spending time with me. So ministry leaders, pastors, spouses, families, if you ever wished that there was a support group to help you in your endeavors, well, there already is one. It's called Poyman Ministries, spelled P-O-I-M-E-N. And Terry McNabb may be contacted at 503-706-3195. That's 503-706-3195. You may email Terry at terrymcnabb at calvarychapel.com. And if you'd like to look at some real estate in the Beaverton community and surrounding areas, check out the good people at REMAX Equity Group in Beaverton by emailing Terry at Terry at equitygroup.com. That's Terry at equitygroup.com. Terry McNabb, thank you so much for joining us today. Mike, thank you. Thank you so much. You're the best. Love you guys here at KPDQ. Find out more information on the website, poymanministries.com. And thanks for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.